Welcome to the Springs Church Podcast, where we explore the teachings of Jesus Christ and how they can be applied to our daily lives. Join us as we delve into the Bible and discuss topics such as faith, hope, love, and forgiveness. Our mission is to inspire and empower our listeners to live a life of purpose and meaning and to deepen their relationship with God. Tune in every week for a new episode as we learn how the Bible, Holy Spirit, and a relationship with Jesus will impact every area of your life. All right, we're going to dive into God's Word this morning. The title of my sermon is simply, Serve the Purpose. For those taking notes, you got to serve the purpose. Purpose is a funny word. I think everyone deals with the thought of, what's my purpose? A lot of times we fill different things in that blank box of, my purpose is to be a doctor. Purpose really describes, why am I here on earth? Why am I here? It's man's search for meaning, really. Through all the generations, man is constantly searching for the answer, the answer to the question of, why am I here? Why do I exist? Have you ever asked that question? Why do you exist? How did... How did you win the lottery to actually be born? Of all the possibilities, it's a blessing to just simply be born. And I believe that as we dive through this, we're going to look at and define what our purpose is, but not just stop at what our purpose is. It's going to fuel us, and it's going to move us to be able to fulfill our calling that God has on our lives. Everyone's got different callings on their life, so we're going to examine that. And I the beautiful thing is, is that when we dive into God's word, and if your heart is open and if your heart is ready to receive the word, it doesn't matter how good or how bad the preacher might be on the Sundays, that Holy Spirit can use the word of God to go forward and perform heart surgery on you. He can go ahead, and it's not just some historical context that we're trying to give, is that Holy Spirit can make this word like we talked about a month ago. The word of God is alive. It can change and mold your heart. It can root out the things that you don't need in your life. It will deposit the things that you need if you're coming ready with an open heart to receive what God wants you to receive. I believe that this morning. But before we do that, let's pray together. Father, we come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, God, that you are just a good God. We thank you that you're a God that we can trust and a God that loves us so relentlessly. God, we, we can love you and others because you first loved us, God. You had us in mind when you were creating us, and we thank you so much, God, that we can trust you and your word. So God, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're going to do your word. You're going to lead us into all truth. You're going to bring back to remembrance the words that are deposited into our hearts. Help us not to let this word just bounce off our hearts. Help us to get a deep root so that we can know Jesus better, so we can be in relationship with Jesus, actual relationship, God. We don't want religion. We want relationship with you. We know that as we walk through this and we lean into you, God, you will always lean and draw near to us. So, God, we thank you for this day. Also, Father, we lift up our nation of Canada. We thank you that we live in such an amazing country, God. We thank you for this great and glorious nation of Canada. We lift up all of our leaders in all different levels, Father, that you are making yourself available for wisdom and knowledge and guidance to help our leaders guide us into the direction that Canada needs to go, a place of freedom, a place that represents truth 
truth, a place that can be a light to this world, God. And we pray in Jesus' name that if there's any leaders that do not want to fulfill what you have for this country, if they are resistant or they want to go a different direction, God, that you remove them from office and you raise up and bring other people that will be after your heart, that will be after a free nation, that will do what's best for its citizens, Father. And we thank you that Canada is going to continue down the path to lead this world into the place we need to go. In the mighty name of Jesus, everyone in agreement said, Amen and amen and amen. If you guys like who you're sitting beside, take a quick look. Just double check. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 John chapter 4. That's what we're going to read first. 1 John chapter 4. You'll have to give me a moment because my thing fell out here. We're going to start in 1 John chapter 4 verse 7. I want to give you a little bit of context of what's happening here. John is an old man as he is writing this. He is in the end of his so-called career as a disciple, as a Jesus follower, as a church planner, as whatever you want to call it, is that he is in the tail end of his career and his life. So he's got some perspective that he's trying to bring. He's been there with Jesus as Jesus was walking, as Jesus was establishing the new kingdom, as Jesus commissioned the disciples, not just the 12 disciples, but the group of people that believed on Jesus and ran with him. Paul, or John was there as they were commissioned to go out into all the world and to preach the gospel, to get it out. So just to give you some perspective, as John is writing here to a church that is dealing with a lot of Gnosticism, there's a lot of things that are creeping into this church, and he's trying to give them advice and get them back on track about what Jesus was really about. There's a lot of, of going back to law, going back to right and wrong, being the focus in the church. There's nothing wrong with doing things right and wrong, but when it's your sole focus of, am I doing things by the law? Am I going back into this area? Is that Paul, or sorry, John, is trying to get the people to realize what Jesus and what this is all about. So we'll pick it up here in verse 7, and this is what John is saying. He's saying, beloved, let us love one another. For love, it springs from God. Love is from God. And he who loves is begotten or is born of God and is coming to know and understand God. So he's saying God is love. In order to love, you have to know God. He who does not love has not become acquainted with God. Interesting statement. He goes the opposite way of saying if we aren't loving or we don't have love at the center of our, of our hearts and our lives and what we're doing is you're actually not acquainted with God. It doesn't necessarily mean you don't have a, a, a saving in salvation, but he's leaning towards relationship here. Is that when you know God, love becomes apparent. So he who does not love has not become acquainted with God. In this, the love of God was made manifest. It was displayed where we are concerned. In that God sent his son, the only begotten unique son, into the world so that we might live through him. Interesting word that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God loved us so very much, we also ought to love one another. It's an interesting case that John is making here, and there's a lot made of this chapter, and not just this chapter, but 1 John chapters 1 and 5. There's a lot that's made about a challenge that John is putting out, and we had a, a, a beautiful, bittersweet weekend as a, as a Fontaine family and extended Fontaine. Yesterday, we were celebrating the life of, of Grandma Jackie, or 
Pastor Jackie Fontaine, as a lot of you would know her. And if you haven't been, if you're newer in the last six, seven, eight months, or even a year and a half, maybe you didn't get a chance to meet her, but we are living in the legacy of what Pastor Cam and Pastor Jackie and Pastor Leon and Pastor Sally have done. We are living in that legacy. And one of the common themes that crept out of this celebration of life for Grandma Jackie was love. How love is the centerpiece that actually fuels us through life. It fuels us to be able to take on hardship. It fuels us to be able to have beautiful relationships. It fuels us to have the strength and the fortitude to be able to see and walk out what God has for your life. It comes back to love. Now, if we come back to what John is challenging us with, John is saying, if you don't love, you don't know God. Now, there's a lot of interesting things in, this, in these chapters because a lot of people have thought that John is challenging asking the question about, are you saved? A lot of people, do you have, a, like, do you have this, have you received Jesus as your salvation? And have that? But I actually believe in these chapters that John isn't saying that Christianity is so much just about forgiveness, that Christianity is actually all about relationship. He's asking are we loving? Because he's defining living by how we love. If you're not loving, you're not living. And the level that you live is determined by the level that you love. And if you back it up one more step, how you can love is by your relationship with God. Notice I'm not saying your religion in Christianity. Notice I'm not saying in your habit of coming to church once or twice a month or your habit of maybe giving to other charities and helping other people. No, it comes out of your relationship with God, your ability to live, your ability to love. But forgiveness, forgiveness ought to be celebrated, accepted, and received, but it really should fuel us into relationship with Jesus Christ. And so many Christians stop at this salvation and this forgiveness point, and they don't move forward into relationship with God. They don't move forward into what all that God has for you because you're leaving it on the table. And John, thousands of years ago, is writing to a church that is forgetting about this opportunity to live in relationship with God. Funny how those words are so much and so evident in our lives today to the church is that so many Christians, obviously not this church, We'll talk about other Christians today. Just kidding. You guys can judge yourselves. So many of us is that we have fallen for this comfy lie. This comfortable lie that deceives us into thinking, I've got salvation, so I've arrived. And we move into this area of I'm going to strive and try to do what I need to do and get what I need to get and go where I need to go on my own. And we forget about this relationship. And this relationship is actually the process in which all of these other things can happen in your life. This relationship, God is not a complicated God. He, he's a simple God. He leaves things simple for us so that we don't have to go and try to do all these different things. So we've asked the question, we talked about your purpose. How many people might have wondered, what's my purpose? Maybe some of you are wondering right now, what's my purpose? Maybe some of you are entering university this next season. You just graduated from high school. Why are you here? <laughs> What is your purpose for being here? Maybe you're trying to figure this out and you're concerned about if I don't make the right choice, am I going to miss my purpose? Well, I've got an answer for every single one of you. I figured out what your purpose is. Is that okay? Yeah. I know what your purpose is. I know what Armin's purpose is here. <laughs> Just had to do it, bro. <laughs> your purpose is to be in relationship with God. Let's not complicate it. 
That is your purpose. So let's not get caught up in all these complications of am I doing, am I achieving, am I living in my purpose. The way to judge whether you're living in your purpose is are you in relationship with God? Meaning active two-way street of communing, abiding, loving, gleaning, living, letting Holy Spirit lead you and guide you. That is what you need to concern yourself with. That is such a load off. <laughs> you don't need to concern yourself with all these other things, but if you concern yourself with relationship with God, you will live in your purpose. Now, we're going to dive into how purpose fuels us in the process of where we need to go, but John defines living by loving, and if you're not loving, you are not living. He's saying if you're not in relationship with Jesus, you're not living, guys. Remember, this man's got perspective who had to achieve, who had to build, who had to equip, who had to help people, who had to journey, had to go everywhere he needed to go to get the calling and the church going. But he is looking back and saying, guys, if we are not in relationship, you are missing everything. Thank God for salvation, but you are missing out on how many potential and the things that you have in your life. The thing is, through relationship, like real authentic relationship, I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about identifying with a sect of Christianity or something like that. I'm talking about authentic relationship. Jesus is a real person. He's God that came down and he came and died so we could have a relationship with him. Is that when you have this, you are entering into this mystery. You are now walking in the process by which God wants you to live. Relationship equals the process in which God wants you to live. The reason why I'm hitting on process is so many of us try to process our way through different things to achieve. How do I have this five-step plan to be able to do this or to get that or to even live in God's will? What's, what, what's the practical steps? There's only one practical step we need to have, and that is to be in relationship with God. You're not living if you're not loving. You can't love if you're not in relationship with God. I'm starting off this way because I want to transition and really show us that this is the process by which you are going to live a life in which all that God has for you. That is the simple process of focusing and do you have a relationship, of building a relationship with God. Let's not overcomplicate it by trying to do all these other things, but focus on do you have a relationship with God? Because your purpose, as I said, is to be in relationship with God. That is your purpose. God created Adam and Eve and thus created the rest of humanity because God wanted relationship. He gave you free will to choose to be in that relationship. He let people, he gave people the opportunity even though he knew that people would reject that opportunity. That's the love. But we've got this opportunity to actually walk in a relationship and let God lead and guide your steps. So it doesn't matter whether you're graduating high school. It doesn't matter if you're retired or you feel if you're in the late stages of life. Is that if you're living and if you're breathing, you have got a purpose to know God. And you still have a path that God can lead you and guide you and use you to impact people around you. And to live a life that reflects the glory of God. You have that purpose. But I wonder... I wonder, because I've wondered this for myself, is that how much do I actually trust that God is going to fulfill the call on my life, or his call on my life? Or have I taken the reins to try to strive and achieve and do it on my own? Do it out of God's timing. 
because I want position or I want different things. Do these different areas. Or have I gotten back to the place where I just trust God with the outcome and I focus on my relationship with him because I trust what his word actually says. I want to bring our attention to King David for a little bit because I think we can learn a lot from his walk and who he was. King David, as you all know, had an amazing story, a rags to riches story, right? You can look at he started from the bottom and then he made it. And he had this verse that he wrote in Psalms 57 too. Psalms are beautiful because they reflect a man and his emotions and his, his things that he was going through, his relationship with God during different trials. And, Psalm, and there's other guys who wrote in it too, but Psalm 57 too, this is what King David said. If you have your Bible, he go, actually, my mistake, he was not king yet when he wrote this. Psalm 57 too, it says, I cry out loud to God the most high, to God who fulfills his purpose in me. See, David's reminding himself. He's bringing back to remembrance because the situation he's going through does not look very good. Notice that he did not say, I cry out to God the most high because I fulfill my purpose in me. No, he put the work on God. And he says, God fulfills his purpose in me. He's reminding himself that, saying, I cry out to God. Relationship. I cry out to God. The most high, he's reminding that God is above it all. No matter what people might do, no matter what situation might befall you, no matter what's happening in your life that people might be dragging you down, God is above it all. God can use that. God can work through that. God can turn that around for good. God can go ahead and he can use that situation for your benefit when we are in relationship with God. See, David understood the idea of serving his purpose. What was David known for? He was known for a lot of mistakes. But he was also known for, and more so, that he was a man after God's own heart. So he served his purpose. What's his purpose? Relationship with God. So what did David do? He served his purpose. He walked out this relationship with God. He pursued it. He cared about this connection, this heart connection. God, I just want to know you. Just like the Apostle Paul said in Philippians, oh God, I just want to know you. If you want to know a life of what God can do, it stems out of relationship. Relationship, relationship, relationship. So you got to serve your purpose. Tell your neighbor, serve your purpose. Calgary, you got to say to your neighbor, serve your purpose. Sounds like some of you don't believe me yet, so you got to say it one more time. Serve your purpose. Your purpose is to be in relationship with God, so you got to serve your purpose. Let's set aside all these other things we're trying to achieve, and it comes down to do you trust God to be able to walk this out? Because David understood that he served, when he served his purpose, that God would take care of everything else. Is that when you serve your purpose, see, God brought David from the sheepfold all the way to kingship. Do you think any man could do that on their own? David was not qualified. There were so many other men who were more qualified in his position. He was the youngest of his brothers. He wasn't even sent to battle. He had the harness and he had to tend the sheep. But because of his relationship, his soft of heart, his relationship with God, is God knew that through that relationship, I can lead this man. I can guide him. I can help him. I can bring him to what he needs to be. And through a, an event, a one-moment event that happened, 
is where a giant presented himself as David went from a nobody into someone who saved the nation. That's a God thing. So the challenge for us, the challenge for all of us, is that whatever you feel like you are striving to achieve because God wants you to do that, if you're leaving relationship out of it, if you're trying to do it on your own terms, if you're trying to do it on your own timing, is that you are going to have to bear the weight of that on your own. But when you let God work through you, when you have that relationship and you let him lead you and guide you, you listen to him when he says go and you listen to him when he says wait, is that you really, when you trust the process, which is relationship, let God take care of the provision. Let God take care of the promotion in your life. And it comes down to, do we really trust that fact? Because you have to serve your purpose. I want to give you a little bit of context to, to David's verse in Psalm 57. If you turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 24, he is crying out to God, saying, oh God, on most high. He goes, but I remember, I know that you will fulfill your purpose in me. And this context is when David, he's not king, but he knows that he's got a calling on his life. He doesn't know when. He is presented with an opportunity to get into this position, this position that's on his mind about being king, to get into it early. The fact of the matter is, David is not in a good position. The current king, King Saul, who by the way was and is anointed by God to be king, is trying to kill David. So David apparently is one day supposed to take the throne and lead the people of Israel. But the current king is trying to kill him. So this is the context in which David is writing. If you go to 1 Samuel chapter 1 Samuel chapter 24, verse 1. When Saul returned from following the Philistines, he was told, Behold, David is in the wilderness of En Gedi. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men out of all of Israel, and they went to seek David and his men in front of the wild goat's rocks. And he came to the sheepfolds, by the way, where there was a cave. And Saul went in to relieve himself. Nothing fancy about that. Saul had to go to the bathroom, everybody, just so we know. You can dive into the Hebrew and the Greek all you want on that. I just want to let you know how much strength I'm exuding right now by not diving into potty jokes, just so you all know. <laughs> now, David and his men happened to be sitting in the same cave, on the most inner parts of the cave. And the men of David, so the company of David, the voices that were influencing David, they are saying to him, here is the day that the Lord spoke to you about. Behold, I will give your enemy into your hand, and you shall do to him as it shall seem good to you. Then David arose and stealthily cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Interesting, in that verse, how it says that David went and cut off a corner of his robe. See, I believe as the men are telling him that, David, this is your opportunity to kill Saul. This is your opportunity to rise to power. This is your opportunity to, to take position, to get rid of the conflict in front of you and have an easy path because we know that God's called you. It's your opportunity. So David had a choice to make, am I doing this my way? Am I doing this in my own timing? Because David also knew that, God, that Saul was anointed and appointed by God. So when it says he went and he cut off, I believe in this moment, and we have some revelation a couple of verses later, I believe in this moment that David's heart, he immediately knew, and it went back to, no, I have to serve my purpose. I don't want to jump ahead on the process and skip God out of the process and try to fulfill this on my own accord. Because that's why he went and he cut off a piece of his garment instead of having the opportunity to kill him. Even though everyone around him said, David, you can do this. You are right to do this. 
You've got the opportunity. No one's going to blame you. Everyone understands that you should do this. But David knew and trusted out of relationship with God that there is a process that he didn't dare to skip. He did not want the weight of the crown without God giving it to him the way that God wanted to give it to him. Because David would not have been able to bear. Thank you, Jesus. David would not have been able to bear that weight. And I think there's so much revelation because so much time in our world that defines by achievement and success and all these things about status, about money, about job, title. How many people are driven by title? Just by the appearance of wanting to be big and strong and popular and all these things. Those are all world's definitions of success. And when we go out of the way to try to circumvent God out of the process, what's the process? Relationship. Let's not conflate it. When we go out of the way of going out of this idea of process, and we do it on our own accord, is that you are going to bear something you were never meant to bear. I want God's will, God's way, and God's timing. That's what I want. And David knew that. Thank you, Jesus. David knew this. David arose and stealthily cut off a corner. We're in verse 5. And afterwards, David's heart, it struck him. Because even cutting off a corner was too much for him. It said that he had cut off a corner of Saul's robe. He then said to the men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my Lord, the Lord's anointing. Notice the respect that is still there. To put out my hand against him, even though Saul's hand and the hand of 3,000 men are against David. So David persuaded his men with these words and did not permit them to attack Saul. And Saul rose up and he left the cave and went on his way. I believe that if we are not walking in our relationship, if we are not focused on our relationship, is that you are setting yourself up to experience things that you were never meant to experience. I believe that if you walk in relationship, David served his purpose. When you serve the purpose of God in your life, he will lead you to your calling. That's a really good point. <laughs> he will lead you to your calling. How many times have you myself, try to lead myself into my calling. Try to navigate and strategize about what do I do here? What do I do there? What do I do here? And I believe, I think those things are okay, but within the context and under the umbrella of being in relationship and letting God lead you and guide you and propel you. Because a lot of times we think we're too good. A lot of times we think we're too smart. (laughs) is I'd rather have God be leading me and guiding me through this. There's something that's more important than just having an arrival point. There is something more important than even where you start. It's the how. It's the process of how did you get there. And that how involves relationship through and through. So if you're under 25, I remember being under 25 and thinking, what am I going to do with my life? I've got all of these things that I could do, feel like I could do a lot of different things, and I remember being so stressed out trying to figure out, do I finish university? Do I go back to university? Do I pursue this? Do I pursue that? And I remember at a specific age in my mid-20s when this really became apparent to me is that, no, all I need to do is focus on my relationship with Jesus. Trust Him in the process. And that doesn't always stay strong. I have to continually put myself back in that position to receive from God. 
is that when you put that relationship first in your life, and again, still talking to young people, is that when you're in this position, is that that is what's going to empower you and equip you and make you full of fortitude when you have all of these different things pushing and pulling at your attention, telling you who you should be, telling you what you should do, giving you all these crazy ideas and doctrines about what really is truth. When you're in relationship with God, you are now equipped to be able to receive intelligence and knowledge and wisdom from the one who is all-knowing as opposed to be able to just guessing and checking from all these different areas. Pursue your relationship with God. Do you trust God enough that you trust him with the result of your life? Good question. Do you trust him in the process? Are you honoring the process that God designed for you to live by? There is nothing wrong with David wanting to become king. There is nothing wrong with David wanting position or title. But it would have been wrong if David would have gone and done it his way. It would have been wrong if he would have thwarted what God had on Saul's life. And I believe if he would have gone and taken that opportunity, he would have ruined the anointing that was on his life to receive and what God had for him. You don't want promotion that God doesn't give you. Trust me on that. And don't, don't conflate or confuse position with your purpose. Because your position is not your purpose. What's your purpose? It's relationship with God. If you want to see our city of Winnipeg come to know Jesus, if you want to see Canada flip a page and get back onto a track where we are pursuing Jesus, where people are coming to know life, where people are experiencing truth and freedom, if you want that, you need to do that by being politically active. No. It's good. You want to do that by out of relationship. Because out of relationship, God's going to fuel you into opportunities and positions that you could have never achieved on your own. You might think you've achieved a good position on your life, but I guarantee you it's nothing compared to where God could have placed you if you followed him. Do you trust God enough? When you serve the purpose, when you serve the purpose of your life, you can have confidence in the promise. If you honor the process, God will honor his part. If you honor the process, God will handle the promotion in your life. If you honor the process, God will never fail to show up. If you honor the process, is that God will handle all your worries and stresses and anxieties that you might think might come with where you're going. Why? Because God's bringing you there. God is sharing it with you. If you honor the process, he who began a good work in you will see it unto completion. I want God's will God's way. If I try to make it happen, I am now responsible for it. <laughs> I'd rather, as David was saying, I want God to fulfill his purpose in me. Why? Because then God's responsible for it. He can share the load. He can worry about creating opportunities. He can worry about making a way where there is no way. All I'm doing is following his leading. I picture it like mowing the grass. You got this long, crazy grass, and you got a lawnmower in front of you, and that's God preparing a way, and you're just walking on short, nice grass the whole entire time, even though it might be long and crazy all around you. That's what it looks like when in a relationship. I'm out of time, but I wanted to be able to share a couple things as we close in response to purpose and this idea of legacy and all of this, is that when you pursue your purpose, which is relationship with God, is that your legacy what you leave behind. A lot of us are, are, are concerned about what are we leaving behind our legacy. And that's a good thing to be concerned about and think about a lot. But I believe that when you pursue a relationship with God is that your legacy is going to take care of itself. I want to be able, when I meet Jesus one day, I want to be able to tell him, man, I left everything on the table. 
simply to pursue you and be in a relationship. I don't want to meet Jesus in relationship for the first time when I enter heaven. Oh, Jesus, that's what you're like. Nice to meet you. <laughs> you might have salvation, but do you have relationship? Do you know him? And if you look at the legacy of what this church is, and the church you've heard from Pastor Leon and Pastor Sally for years and years and years, that this is a church that is a generational church. That has been breathed and spoken over this church. That didn't start with Pastor Leon and Sally. That started with their parents and Pastor Cam and Pastor Jackie. Started back in Saskatchewan and you moved over here to Selkirk and it moved and it breathed into this movement of what Springs Church is, the life that keeps going. But I guarantee you, if you ask them all those years ago, either one of them, if you ask them, what is this going to look like in 40 years or 30 years or 20 years, is that they would not be able to articulate what all of this is. But what I guarantee you, what I know they did, is all that they did was they served their purpose. Their purpose was relationship with God, and out of all of that, every single thing took care of itself. Is that they knew, when I do my part in building my relationship with God, God's going to bring the blessing. God's going to bring the provision. God's going to bring the anointing. God's going to bring the people. God's going to bring the finances. God's going to bring the opportunity. God's going to bring everything that you need in your life when you serve that relationship. And I've never had the honor to be able to preach or share a stage with Grandma Jackie, with Pastor Jackie, and the grandma of the house. She went to be with Jesus this past number of weeks. But I want her to close the message because when you pursue relationship with God, is that you are literally leaving mediocrity behind. You are no longer in this lukewarm status. You can't afford to be. God hates lukewarm. He hates it. The word tells us that. But he wants people who are in relationship, on fire for that relationship, because that is where your future is absolutely best. So I'm going to turn the stage to Grandma Jackie. She can close the service off. I want you to close your eyes and listen while I read something to you. See if this is how your heart feels. I'm a part of the fellowship committed to doing whatever it takes. I have Holy Spirit power. The die has already been cast. I've stepped over the line and I'm out of the comfort zone. The decision has already been made. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. I won't look back, let up, slow down, or back off. My past is redeemed, my presence makes sense, and my future is secure. I'm finished and done with low living and sight walking and small planning and smooth knees and colorless dreams and feigned visions and mundane talking. I'm through with chintzy giving and dwarf goals. I'm a part of the fellowship committed to doing whatever it takes. I no longer need preeminence. I no longer need position. I no longer need promotion. I no longer need popularity. I don't have to be right. I don't have to be first. I don't have to be tops. I don't have to be recognized or praised or regarded or rewarded. I'm a part of the fellowship committed to doing whatever it takes. I now live by presence. I lean by faith. 
I love by patience, I lift by prayer, and labor by power. I'm a part of the fellowship, committed to doing whatever it takes. My face is set, my gate is fast, my goal is heaven, my road is narrow, my way is rough, my command companions may be few, but my guide is reliable and my mission is clear. I cannot be bought or compromised. I cannot be detoured. I cannot be lured away or turned back or diluted. I will not be delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice or hesitate in the face of adversity. I will not negotiate at the table of my enemies or ponder at the pool of popularity or meander in the maze called mediocrity. I won't give up or shut up. I won't let up or burn up until I've preached up, prayed up, paid up, stored up, and stayed up for the cause of Jesus Christ because I'm a part of the fellowship committed to doing whatever it takes. Amen. Well, I'm not going to add anything onto that. She closed the service. Well, would you guys bow your heads with me as we pray? I want to give you an opportunity if you don't have a relationship with God. I made the statement earlier that your purpose is to be in relationship with God. That is your purpose. Stop worrying about all these other things. That is your purpose, to be in relationship. If you don't have a relationship with God, the Bible puts it very clearly, is that when you believe in your heart, and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. You enter into this relationship with God that you can now pursue as you walk on. If you haven't done that, or maybe you feel far from God, maybe you've left the faith a while ago, maybe you think God hates you. I want to let you know God doesn't hate you. He loves you for exactly who you are. You don't have to clean up, get rid of bad habits, all those things. All you need to do is choose to be in relationship. Then you let God do the rest for you as you walk in relationship. So if that's you, I'm going to count to three in just a moment. And if you want to have a relationship with God, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand when I count to three. If you're online or you're in Calgary, there's a pastor or a leader on stage there as well. But if you want to start that relationship with God, no one's looking around, it's just me, would you raise your hand in one, two, three? Awesome. Thank you. Thank you back there. Thank you. Thank you over there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you over here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you over here. Thank you back there. If you're, on if you're online, God sees what you're deciding. Thank you over here. If you're in Calgary, a leader's looking up there as well. Just wave to them. Awesome. Thank you over there. We're going to pray together all out loud as a church. I'm going to ask everyone to repeat after me as these people pray and accept Jesus in their life. Dear God, I come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for forgiving me of all of my sins and rising again. Today I choose to follow you and I declare that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. In the mighty name of Jesus, everyone in agreement said amen and amen. Let's put our hands together for all those who made that decision. So happy for you.